Spookies, welcome back to the Rick or Treat Horrorcast, hosted by yours, Ghoulie, Ricky J. Duarte. I have a return guest with us today. Uh, this is a official friend of the pod. Welcome back, Nick Kapersky. Nick was our guest on the episode about Ty West's ex, and I thought it would be perfect and delightful to have him back while we talk about the prequel to X, uh, Pearl. Hey, Nick, what's up? Hey there, thanks for having me back. Oh my god, I'm so glad you're back. Well, it made total sense. I mean, I know you were such a big fan of both of these films, yes. as was I. Uh, did you... Uh, you liked Pearl a little bit better, is that correct? It did. I mean... Uh, and Pearl made me like X more after seeing it, because I think it's... I mean, and probably once you see all three, whenever that is... It's just the whole, I think it's probably meant to be like a, you know, it's a trilogy, it's a, it's an arc, I guess. But yeah, Pearl was amazing, and it was definitely, I'm glad I saw it in the theater, because you had recommended that I see that in the theater. It really was gorgeous on a screen. I've seen it twice now in the theater, I think it was opening mm -hmm. night, and also in my home, in my living room, and it's a beautiful movie to look at. The colors, mm -hmm. the cinematography, I mean, it's really stunning, uh, yeah. but it was really elevated to see it on the screen, you know? It just heightened all of that, uh, all of that visual glory. Mm -hmm. But let's uh, let's go ahead and uh, just do a little catching up. You know, it's been a few sure. weeks since we've had yeah. you. Was your week a trick or a treat? Uh, I don't. I uh, I guess it was kind of a trick. Okay. Not like a bad. It was just like it's just been. You know, I've been slow and just been reading a lot of Stephen King. I'd rather be working and you know idle hands. You know. What are you reading? What are you reading? I love Stephen King. Um, I just finished The Institute, which is amazing. Oh, I've heard great things. It's one of his newer ones, right? Yeah, it was really good. Before that, I read If It Bleeds, which was a collection of short stories, and that was really good. I've read it. I have a copy. It's it's That's great. so good. Yeah, I would love to see a couple of those stories translated to uh, film or television, for sure. Well, uh, although one did, and it was boring. Wait, which one? Mr. Harrigan's Phone. I haven't seen it. Oh, I did that. I didn't actually mm. like that story very much. Where was it translated? It's on, Nef it's on Netflix. Is it a movie? Mm-hmm. That yeah, story it was, didn't. It was not great. No, that story didn't warrant a film. I, uh, no, I didn't. I didn't no. even know. Wow, I didn't realize that. Well, yeah. If you don't recommend it, I trust you. I shan't check it out. <laughs> I mean, it's not the worst thing, but it's not the best either. It was just very boring. Like, there's not much to that story. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't mind an anthology series. Stephen King has written so many wonderful short stories. Mm-hmm. And so many of them would make better short films than feature length. Uh, there, there should absolutely be, like, a, a Stephen King anthology show. I would watch the hell out of that. Did you watch uh, Castle Rock? Mm, I think I watched the first episode. It's 
real good. It's uh, 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 kind of builds the Stephen King universe and combines some characters, uh, side characters from his books, or in the case of uh, season two, Annie Wilkes the, oh, yeah. from Misery, uh, her mm-hmm. kind of story as a young woman. Very interesting. I, I almost think season two was better, and it's a real shame that it, it was canceled. Uh, it breaks yeah. my heart because I, I was very much enjoying that. Just if you know the King universe, all of these little nods uh, and winks at his work and some of his less known work, too, uh, was pretty yeah. cool. I was cracking up in the Institute. I mean, it doesn't give anything away, but um, there's there's two twin girls in it. And the character says, oh, there are these twin girls that remind me of this horror movie I watched once. And I was like, okay, referencing your own work. That's hilarious. I love it. Well, mm-hmm. they, they're so iconic, you know? Yeah. So iconic. Uh, my week has been... I mean, I guess, you know, it's been... I, I'm going to call it a treat. I'm transitioning from one job to another. The restaurant that I work at is unfortunately closing down. So I'm transitioning mm. to the sister restaurant. So working full-time and training at this new job at the same time. And it's the holiday season, so it's very busy. Uh, you know, I'm grateful to have a job. That's what it comes down to. Uh, and I do like the company that, that I work for. So I'm, I'm glad that I get to stay, you know with them although i do i gotta say i hope this is my last holiday season working in a restaurant i'm putting it out there i think 18 years as server bartender manager every front of house position you can possibly imagine i'm ready for something different you know it's 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 too much it's just too much yeah i used to work at sears i used to sell jewelry in a mall during christmas season oh god yeah it's (laughs) Uh, I also, it's also a treat because I uh, just appeared on uh, Scared Gaze podcast. Yay. I mean, we're, we're doing some collaborations. So uh, check out this week's episode. It's about the film Thanksgiving, uh, which I will, you know, it's a, <laughs> I won't venture to call it a Thanksgiving classic, but it is a Thanksgiving horror movie, and there are not a lot of those out there. So check out Scared Gay, uh, their latest episode about Thanksgiving. We had such a blast talking about it. Those guys are of the best they're going to appear on my podcast uh in december for a really fun awesome. scary christmas movie can't wait to have them well have you watched uh, i know you've read let's just uh have you read sorry i know you're reading something scary have you watched any good horror lately uh i'm trying to remember what last i it may have been uh barbarian was the last thing and i know we talked about that before um, I don't know. It's like we started decorating for Christmas, and then we got into like the Christmas stuff. Got it. So we're about. We haven't watched Krampus yet, but that is tradition. It's a great one. It's so fun. I, I love it so much. I love Tony Collette. I'll pretty much watch anything she's in. Totally. Like totally. just this year, I saw Hereditary for the first time, and that that was a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. Let's be honest. It's <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I didn't know what to expect. Everybody kept talking about it. I was like, fine, I'll watch it. Well, cur- yeah. I'm curious then, years later, years after the hype, did you find it to be as scary as people say? Yeah, because I didn't... I guess somehow I avoided the spoilers. Yeah. And it's like, I, I'd be like, oh, now I understand those memes of, like, the girl's head and, like, the pole. And I was like, okay. 
Because before I was like, I don't get it. Yeah, <laughs> there, I mean, there are some major spoilers because a couple things happened that completely changed the direction of the film, and they're very yeah. shocking moments. I think that might be the scariest movie I've ever seen, and I will say that with confidence. I was uh, my roommate at the time was I was living in Charleston and living with a very close friend, and he was a straight guy, and we were both so afraid we had to share a bed with the <laughs> with the lights on that night. We were oh. so because obviously there's creepy things happening in the dark in that in that movie yeah. uh, it was it really got under my skin I just think I, I, I consider it like that movie Ordinary People with Mary oh, Tyler Moore such a good movie such a good movie if you added oh. Demons and Witchcraft to that you'd have Hereditary <laughs> right it's a, a family drama it's just a, it's a spectacular film that I love and adore and I don't think I ever want to watch it again yeah, I think I'm good. Like, there's certain movies like that, and, like, Midsommar, I'm good watching it only once. Um, I never want to see Antichrist again. <laughs> that is... Uh, I don't get sick watching things, but the the moment at the end when everything gets so intense and it's one mm-hmm. thing after another mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know exactly i don't like to give spoilers mm-hmm. on on my record you know when we talk about <sighs> movies at the beginning but the thing that happens in that movie toward the end i had to turn the tv off and i had to literally pace around my apartment for at least five yeah. minutes and then i sat back down to finish the film because it's so unexpected and disgusting well and it's not just one thing but it's it's guy thing and girl thing and it's yep. like holy mutilation batman yes absolutely that uh, <laughs> lars von triers right yeah i'm not i don't know i know a lot of people like his stuff and i've tried and maybe i'm just not an artoske <laughs> i don't know fucking weirdo yeah <laughs> it's too much i also i recently watched another movie that you only you only watch it once it's climax it's a french uh french film uh by uh, i think it, gaspar noe i believe is his name oh okay he, yeah he uh he makes very uncomfortable art house slash impressionist, you know, French impressionist films. I think, is it um, <laughs> Il Versable? Il Versable? I don't know. My, my manager is French and he always laughs at me every time I try to speak French. Anyway, he's known for these really shocking, upsetting films and yeah. he openly says, you don't, like, it's not my job to make you like my movie, right? He's not out to, like, please an audience. In fact, the critical reception to this film Climax was so positive that it made him a little mad because uh, people actually liked it. It's about dancers uh, from all over the world that are rehearsing and uh, training in like a warehouse in somewhere in France uh, with the intent to travel across America. And so there's, you know... There's definitely commentary on French political things that I I didn't understand because I'm not from France. Yeah. Uh, but it, it just takes a turn, and it has a lot of illusions. If you know horror, and if you know particularly know European horror, there are illusions to uh, possession or Suspiria. <laughs> so it's an interesting film. It's worth watching. It it, mm-hmm. it it's a hateful movie. You know, that's just all there is to say about it. Uh, but it, the the last forty five minutes is all one long shot, and it's my it's it's mm. it's pretty cool, and upsetting. I know. I was just looking to see if I recognized any of his other movies, and I really don't. But no, I, it's uh, he's he's known for making some pretty upsetting stuff. Yeah. Uh, I also oh my god, I finally saw Slumber Party Massacre two. Have you seen the second one? Oh god, what? Give me well, it's a, a there rocket, we go with spoiler. Like, uh, a rockabilly like 
killer with a, a drill at the end of his guitar. It basically. When did that come out? Eighty six, I think. I probably have, but it's been so long. I don't know. It sounds familiar. It's it's a short movie, and yeah. it, that works in its favor. Do I recommend it? I don't know. If you smoke weed, smoke weed before you watch this movie, and you'll probably have a good time. It's not great. Uh, it's yeah. really nothing like the first one, right. but it's silly 80s at its best, you know? Right. Or at its worst. See, and actually, I realized I am a liar. I haven't watched a scary movie, but I've been watching the new American Horror Story, so that's scary in a in a way. I mean. Alright, so what is your impression? Because I hate American Horror Story, but everyone's telling me this season's really good. Well, what's interesting is that I heard a rumor that the, like, the baddie in, in the season was AIDS. Right. And it is, and just the way they do that, it's very symbolic. But it's also just very much like the whole scene in the '81 and the, you know, the bondage and the the clubs and the sex and so it's just it's it's good. I mean, it is it is hyper. It's hyper uh, reality, I suppose. It's, but it's, it's better. It's better than some of his past seasons. It's heavily influenced by Cruising, right? The Al Pacino movie. In yes, fact, there are yes. some like shot-for-shot shot kind of reenactments. Everybody's talking uh -huh. about this big daddy character who... <laughs> my my Instagram algorithm knows me really well because he keeps popping up. The yeah. actor who plays him keeps popping up all over my Instagram trying to get me to follow him. Uh, I, 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 maybe I should give it a, a try. My thing is just... Um, Ryan Murphy casts kind of the the Clark Kent looking gay man over yeah. and over. Yeah. Matt Bomer, yeah. even one of the actors who is in Pearl that we're about to talk about, was in The Politician. And it's that kind of dark-haired, really pale skin, usually blue eyes look. Yeah. And those yeah. are his leads. And they're hot, but it's just, it's it's too much. It's too much. Everything is whitewashed, right? His yeah. black, his, yeah. his, his, his characters of color are off to the sidelines very frequently. I mean, we had Roanoke uh, with Cuba Gooding Jr. and Angela Bassett, and they were fabulous. Yeah. Angela was in Coven. Is there really another season that f features people of color? Um, not really, because I'm trying to even think if there are any in this one. Right. I don't think there are that many. And, uh, but, uh, and I mean, for someone who produces Pose, which is, yeah. you know, yeah. I, I, I also just think his portrayal of, of gay characters, while it's, I guess, quote, groundbreaking, it's so stereotypical. Yeah. It, it's just, it's... Uh, how do I describe this? It is... The gay people, it's the same gay people that we see all the time. Mm -hmm. Does that make any sense? Yeah. I often wonder, because, like, I look at it and I'm like, cool, you know, it's, it's, it's written and directed by, you know, trans folks and gay folks and people of color. I'm like, yay. And then there are times when I'm watching it, I'm like, and this is probably a terrible statement, but I'm like, so do people like it because it's actually good or it's because somebody from the community is doing it? Because I'm like, I don't know. Like, because some of it's good, some of it's like, eh. And then it's like, you don't want to say you didn't like it because then they'll be like, oh, well, you just don't care for this person or that person. I don't know. It's just, you know. 
It's it, are there is it uh, trans people and people of color writing and directing this season of Horror Story? That's what you mean? Yes, yes. Wow, wow. But a lot of it's a lot of it's stuff, and it's just but it's so stereotypical, and I'm like break the mold, break the a mold a little bit. Yeah. Um, listen. If, if you're listening, Ryan Murphy. If you're listening, Ryan Murphy, cast me. Not that you would, because yeah, yeah. I look nothing like Clark Kent. I'm clearly not your type. Cole Escol, who is, I think it's a skull. I think oh, that's how you yes. say his name. They are hilarious. And there Jeffrey is, and Cole uh, Salad. What is it? Jeffrey and Cole Salad? No. My brain. I don't know what they call their show. It's like something like salad or mixed. I don't know. I do, wish I... They do a lot of they like used to. they do a lot of sketch stuff on uh-huh. their Instagram, and one of them is uh, Cole is wearing like a white beater, and he's talking in like a real low bro voice, and he's he's interviewing to be in like like a '90s porn, like oh yeah man, I'll do that, <laughs> and right. it goes on and on and on, and then at the end, the director behind the camera says, "Yeah, all right, you got the part," and he stands up and goes, "All right, thanks, Ryan Murphy," and it just makes it seem like this seedy porn audition from the '90s. And it's just an audition, a straight guy auditioning for Ryan Murphy, which is another thing. Yeah. He casts tons and tons of straight guys as these hot, hunky yeah. queers. Well, um, I think he's started more. I mean, I think all the ones in this are gay. I could be wrong. I don't know. And th- I am an actor. I think that people can play other things. I don't necessarily yeah. adhere to the gay people can can only be played by gay people rule. Right. But I do think that we deserve to be able to tell our own stories. I think oh, that yeah. there's just a more genuine, like that that movie, The Prom. Uh, James Corden, oh. right? Played. I wasn't offended because he was playing an effeminate gay. That didn't bother me personally. Yeah, but he's but, really gay. I'm telling you, he's gay. I'm telling you. I don't care about that. But <laughs> I mean, I, I don't. But I'm just. That's my opinion of him. That character's <laughs> story arc would have been so much more impactful with his the relationship with his mother, if a gay man had. Portrayed it. I don't know. Maybe someone like uh, me, who's a gay fat singer. <laughs> oh, whatever. You're a singer, but you're not fat. That's sweet of you. Uh, well, listen. Um, I would love to get into the movie at hand because I think we got a it. lot to talk about today. And I did just cheat, and it's it's Jeffrey and Cole Casserole. It's oh, not salad. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, so. I'm just, I sound like I'm having a seizure. Salad, salad. Right, right, right. <laughs> uh, and Cole was also on Amy's uh, at home with Amy Sedaris playing Chassie yes. Tucker, the the neighbor. So just and difficult people and difficult people, which should uh, not have gotten that canceled. Fucking show. Oh, oh so good. Billy Eichner before bros which don't even get me started yeah. on bros you're gonna make a movie that's a gay romantic comedy and everybody's yeah. saying it's the first one of its kind and then you make yeah. it about two white guys and it's one unlike average looking dude pursuing a white hunky bro jock and i'm supposed <laughs> to be impressed and run to the movie theater the only people on my instagram and facebook who are like telling me to go see this movie are also hot hunky white jock guys <laughs> There, I, I liked I've, it. I've said I didn't, it, but I but I understand. I, I agree with you at the same time. It's just we're we're, we're worshiping the the white straight acting. I know. Jock bro gay, right? Yeah, this is yeah. nothing new. In fact, it's just like driving the point home even more when there are, you know, that it's not a realistic duo. I mean, I right. know romantic comedies never are realistic, but yeah. uh, you're telling me that guy's going to go for Billy Eichner? He's not an ugly person. I'm not saying that he's not like an unattractive right. person. It, it's just like 
I didn't buy it. And and I, I hate that they told me I had to go see it because it was something new, because it was not new at yeah. all. Oh, anyway, yeah. man, I really sound like I'm never <laughs> like I'm never gonna get hired by a gay director. <laughs> get off my lawn. It's just gonna be straight guys. Yeah, well. All right, so Pearl, 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 Pearl. Pearl, Pearl, Pearl. Uh, at the end, just a refresher, X uh, was a, a throwback to 70s exploitation and 70s slasher films, uh, and it was about pornographers who were picked off one by one by Pearl, who was a decrepitly old, lonely, and very horny woman <laughs> who her dreams never came true, right? Uh-oh. At the end credits, if you saw it in movie theaters, there was a surprise trailer for a film called Pearl, and it was the exact opposite of of, of X, right? Uh, mm-hmm. from, uh, from the color palette to the costumes. It takes place in 1918 takes place 61 years before the events of Pearl, which I guess puts Pearl at about the age, like in her 80s for the for, yeah, for X. Which, which makes sense. Uh, yes. Now, the movie was really praised uh, for many things. It's performances by, I mean, everybody. Everybody mm-hmm. in this film is perfect, but Mia Goth especially. Mia Goth. Jesus Christ. I mean, blows it out of the water. What a fucking talent she! So, did you know she's uh, married to Shia LaBeouf? I found that out recently. Why? Well, yeah, I had no idea. It's insane. God, she's so good. And I didn't know she was British. I saw an interview with her, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Isn't that hilarious? And she's got this little tiny voice. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's. I didn't expect it, but it she's, was. It was she comes off as kind of just shy a little bit, you know? Yeah, she's just very yeah. reserved when she's playing these batshit characters. Uh, the um, other great performances, Tandy Wright plays Pearl's mom. Now, Tandy Wright oh, was uh, Ruth, right? She plays yeah. Ruth. Tandy Wright was the intimacy coordinator on X, believe it or oh, not. Wow. And she was offered <laughs> the role and learned German for the role oh and God. there were German people working on the film who were uh, allegedly very impressed with her accent wow. uh, and her ability to to do what she did David uh, David Cornswit is the projectionist now he's the Ryan Murphy type right who has was yes. on The Politician yes uh, just gorgeous charming you know charming great and just a, a very good performance looks great in a top hat and suspenders <laughs> Matthew Sunderland plays Pearl's father uh, who oh. is infirm he's sick uh, Emin, uh, Emma Jenkins Poirot plays Mitzi Pearl's sister-in-law she's oh, incredible Mitzi. she has like two other credits on IMDB she's incredible in her short screen time and then rounding out the cast is Alistair Sewell who's on screen for a good five seconds as Howard <laughs> Pearl's oh, husband. Dear. We'll get to him. <laughs> we will get to him. I, w- I was like, wait, he was. Oh, yeah, he was. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he does appear. Yeah, and, yeah. Oh, God. Uh, the movie uh, takes inspiration from films like The Wizard of Oz and Mary Poppins. There's mm-hmm. certainly a little bit of Psycho and definitely whatever happened to Baby Jane in there. Those mm-hmm. scenes between Pearl and her mother are, I mean, I could totally see Betty Davis and Joan Crawford yep. in those roles. Why don't we go ahead and get started with the plot? 
Let's do it. You want to do it? Let's do it. Let's do it. Dive right in. Uh, This movie, you know what's funny? (laughs) This movie was described as Joker for girls. It kind of became like a running joke online because as much as like guys relate to the Joker going crazy in that movie, uh, it's kind of like the flip side, which by the way, all these bros online who are relating to the character of the Joker, bro, bro. Look, look at your life. I, I was just recently talking to somebody who was like idolizing the movie Scarface and Al Pacino in that movie, and I was like, you that know, movie sucks so bad. I hate he, that movie. You need to aim higher in your heroes. Like he yeah. gets like he gets killed in the end. He has this weird thing with his sister. He's yeah. you know he doesn't he doesn't end well. You you need to. Yeah, like Michelle your, Pfeiffer was good in it, but I just don't like that movie. I don't understand the appeal. It nah, sucks. Anyway, Pearl. Pearl. <laughs> uh, all right, so just like last time with X, we're going to read a little bit of description, and then we're going to go back and analyze it, right? So, mm-hmm. <clears throat> me, 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 me. <laughs> in 1918, during the influenza pandemic, Pearl is a young woman living with her German immigrant parents on their Texas homestead while her husband, Howard, is serving in World War One. Pearl's father is infirm and paralyzed, and her dominating mother, Ruth, insists that she help care for both him and the farm. Pearl, longing for a more exciting life, is captivated by the films she sees at the local cinema and aspires to become a chorus girl, much to Ruth's disapproval. However, Pearl also shows signs of being a disturbed individual, such as killing farm animals and physically abusing her father. Mm. So the film opens very similarly to the way that X opens. X opens with uh, looking through the barn doors at the farmhouse. Pearl opens, these barn doors are closed, and they open in this gorgeous, sweeping 1930s MGM musical score starts playing. And we see that far- same farmhouse, but it's brand new. And it's beautiful, and, and you know, just, it looks maintained. Uh, instantly, the grass is as... I mean, it's, it's like an Instagram high-saturation <laughs> filter on this whole movie, right? Colors could not be more bright yeah. than they are. Uh, but I think it's interesting, The in, in Pearl, you see the barn doors open to the farm, whereas in X, they're already open. So this is kind of like truly the beginning of our story. Mm-hmm. Uh, the doors are opening on it. Uh, the, her, her opening scene, uh, we get... A quick introduction to her home life. Uh, her mother is very strict. Her mother is worn, right? She's tired uh, and just um, disappointed. And uh, she she doesn't like Pearl, you know? Mm-hmm. You really get that impression real quickly. Uh, there's a moment where Pearl is dancing around looking in the mirror and uh, the lights around her turn off almost as those how stage lights would turn off and she's in kind of a spotlight and she's dancing around in her room and then her mom calls for her and the stage lights come up again so she has these dream sequences where she is uh, putting on a show she wants to be a star much like Maxine does in the film X 
Her mother interrupts her dancing, and the lights return to normal. It, you, kind of those clicky stage light sounds. Uh, and her mom tells her to go feed the animals in the barn and to take off her dress. Pearl has put on her mother's dress to do this little impromptu mirror performance, mm-hmm. which is something that I do around my house when my roommate's gone. <laughs> uh, so after Pearl has changed, she's wearing blue overalls. Now, Maxine in mm. X wears blue overalls also. Maxine's mm-hmm. are short shorts. Pearl's yeah. are full full length. And I noticed they the straps cross each other in the back, almost like an apron would, but it makes an X shape. Oh, I didn't even notice that. I didn't either. I love all the detail huh. that Ty West puts into this. Mia Goth uh, helped write and produce this film. They uh, during quarantine before they filmed in New Zealand, they were FaceTiming while they wrote this it, with hopes that it would be greenlit, and it was before X even started filming, which is amazing to me. Yeah, that's rare. Uh, so she tells the animals, "One day you'll never see me again. I'm special." Uh, but she does. Lo- I, I do love a good audience, and she dances for them. There's uh, Charlie the cow. She's named all of her animals, and she performs for them. She kind of dances around for them, talks to them. Uh, and so she's she's dancing around the barn. She climbs up on top of a bale of hay with the pitchfork kind of triumphantly over her head. And then a goose walks in. She gets very mad at the goose out of nowhere. She's kind of like sucked right out of her musical dream. Yeah. And it was a, it was a silly goose, I'm sure. It was a. <laughs> she Sorry, takes, I had to takes the pitchfork and jams oh. it into that goose, right? And we see her walk to the dock from X up across, you know, that looks over the pond, and she holds it out and she calls for the alligator who she has called Theta uh, and that gator jumps up and eats that goose off of the pitchfork and then we get the title card Pearl (laughs) and we know exactly what kind of movie we're in for we get a sense of her home life her dad is an invalid he's infirm Uh, there is a Spanish flu going on and her mom is really afraid of anyone else in the home catching it right they keep to themselves all of the farm hands on this farm have left no one stuck around i i get the sense some of them went to world war one and some of them are just getting the hell out of dodge uh not you know not wanting to be a part of the farm anymore mm. which is sort of interesting because like when there were scenes with her wearing the mask it's like, you know, especially considering, you know, COVID and everything. So, and then they were filming it during COVID as well. So yeah. That must have been kind of, kind of wild. And maybe that was, you know, inspiration. Well, why don't we move on to the, to that portion of the film? Yeah. Uh, Pearl's mother gives her some money and says, you have to go get your father's medication. <laughs> now, before she does this, Pearl takes a bath in front of her father fully nude her father is like faced toward her it gets really weird her mom walks in and is like what the hell are you doing and pearl says well i didn't want to waste the hot the hot water but she's telling her dad about her dreams uh she so basically pearl has had to wash her father and then jumps in the bath herself afterwards 
Pearl's mom says, get out of the tub. I'm going to give you some money. You have to go buy your father some more medication. At the movie theater, Pearl meets a young projectionist who takes a liking to her. While riding her bicycle home, Pearl stops along a cornfield and begins dancing with a scarecrow, (laughs) fantasizing about the projectionist and masturbates with it. When her mother counts the eight cent that eight cents are missing from an er- from the errand Pearl did, she is berated about being careless and has her supper withheld. So we'll go back and talk about that. You mentioned people are wearing masks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was she was wearing it in the theater for a bit, and then on her way to the because everybody was you know worried of catching the because it was. Spanish flu? Yeah, Spanish flu, yeah. Yeah. So before she... So she gets to town riding her bike. She goes to the pharmacy and she buys (laughs) (laughs) morphine and sulfates in a bottle. Yep. And then she's sipping it during the the movie. She goes to the movies... And she's watching a musical called Paris Follies and she takes a big old swig of the morphine. Uh... (laughs) I'm going to enjoy that movie a little bit more. Uh, After the film, so she is watching these girls dance, imagines herself up there. Uh, At the film, she's given a program for the movie that she's watching, which I wish movies still did, but I get why they don't. Uh, She kind of walks around to the side of the theater to take a look at it, and the door opens, and this handsome, strapping... Ryan Murphy type, <laughs> Ryan Murphy, <laughs> Clark Kent type walks out. Projectionist for the theater, and he uh, he's lighting a cigarette, and he hands he offers one to Pearl, and she's a little taken aback. I don't know if she's ever smoked before this. It's I just, don't think so. It seems like she didn't. Yeah, yeah. It's he. All right, smoking is bad for you, but some people look really cool smoking a cigarette. Oh yeah. And he looks fucking awesome. Look, <laughs> smoking a cigarette. Yeah. He's very yeah. good at it. I noticed the color palette, um, the pipe, the, this alleyway that they're standing in, there are pipes painted like hot pink and mm-hmm. baby blue. Very specific shades uh, to set this Technicolor world that we're in. Uh, you know, pipes running along walls that would not be painted hot pink or Barbie pink. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he, she tells him her dreams and says that she wants to be one of the girls up there. Uh, on the screen and he gives her a little gift he, he runs inside and then brings out the film strip and he cuts a little cell off of the film strip and gives it to her as a memory and she says don't you think people are going to notice and he says no it's just one cell so like back in the day so I, I, used to, I used to work at a movie theater that had projecting film and film strips mm-hmm. I used to know how to do all of this splice splice together film and everything and it's such a lost art I wouldn't remember how to do it now but it's just cool running it through the projector and everything she puts it I'd just be afraid I'd fuck it up or destroy the film or do what they do in Fight Club and just insert a a subliminal (laughs) porn image into Cinderella I actually did that when I was in um, video production class in high school we made a video and I had uh, pictures and things from Madonna's sex book, but it was like a second. And <laughs> I spliced it into our music video. That's so what you had is. to like watch very carefully. Did anybody notice? Yeah. Yeah. I got in trouble. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. My, the story of my life. Story of your life. <laughs> Causing trouble, mm-hmm. getting in trouble. Causing a commotion. <laughs> 
she puts this film cell into the kind of like the breast pocket, the chest pocket of her overalls, and gets on her bike. It's not a safe place for it. No, it's not, because when she's riding home past a cornfield, it blows out of her pocket. Um, A little bit of a whimsical moment, right? Her reaction is a little bit like Dorothy Gale in The Wizard of Oz. Mm -hmm. Uh, She dismounts the bike and runs into the cornfield looking for this film cell. She comes across a scarecrow. Now, it sure does. There were some pretty intense religious themes in the movie X. They're not prevalent in this film, but the scarecrow is mounted as though he's crucified on a cross. Yes. That's just what scarecrows look like, so I don't know that they're trying to make a comment at all. I think it's a slight nod. I don't think it's very like deliberate, but I think it's just it, it, maybe a little bit in well, that she, time period. She the, the scarecrow has a real creepy face. Uh, uh-huh. Maybe made of, of wood or something. It also very much resembles the Scarecrow in The Wizard of Oz. It, this, yeah. The same color palette. She climbs up the ladder uh, that's attached to the Scarecrow um, and looks it, looks it in the eyes. And then she says, may I have this dance? And she throws him off to the ground. <laughs> she dances with him. It's like a Viennese waltz. and it's, She's not dancing a Viennese waltz. It's just this beautiful music that she's dancing to. She yeah. dips the scarecrow and then plants a big old kiss on his face. Like she's, <laughs> She makes out with the thing, basically. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then when she looks at it, she sees the projectionist's face staring back at her. With, like, these dead eyes. Like, he looks weirdly <laughs> detached or dead. And then... Yeah. And then it's the scarecrow again. And she screams at full voice, I'm married at the scarecrow and throws it on the ground. Playing hard to get. Playing hard to get. (laughs) She then proceeds to straddle the scarecrow and writhe on it and hump Uh it. And she comes. She has a big old orgasm. Uh, She shushes him. She puts her fingers over his mouth also before (laughs) before she comes. uh, Which... She does that to Maxine in the movie X, right? Uh-huh. She shushes Maxine. Um, and then I think Maxine does it to her before she runs her over, doesn't she? I might be crazy. Uh, that sounds familiar. The, and I'm wondering if she does that to, like... Because it's during times of naughty things. Yeah, know, like well, when she just... does it to Maxine in X, it's after she rubbed her yeah. finger along her ribcage and said it'll be our little secret, right? Yeah. Uh, sex is a secret for her. Right. It's this, you know, escape. Well, she's married, and her husband's off yeah. at the war right now, right? Sure uh, she is. climaxes, and then a bunch of... It's a, a distant shot of the cornfield, and a bunch of crows fly away after she orgasms, <laughs> uh, which I think is funny, because he's a scarecrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, she, is, she rides up on her bike to uh, their home, and her mom is cutting wood outside using a, a big old axe and Pearl is wearing the top hat that the scarecrow had been wearing and her mom says where the hell did you get that and Pearl says oh I found it on the side of the road and her mom says go wash your hair you'll be lucky if the only thing you have from it is lice uh, she's afraid of this this flu right it's mm-hmm. kind of a, a continuous fear for her well there's no telling how long it was on that scarecrow either it could be a moldy and gross and uh, who knows right right <laughs> Her mom says, her mom tells her to go wash her dad. She says, don't let him sit in his mess. We now have Pearl in the bath, and her dad is in the bathroom as well. And she tells her dad all about the movie that she just saw. She says, what a charmed life it must be to be in the movies and uh, 
You know, her dad's facing her while she's in the bathtub. And she pinches him on the hand to see if he's going to react. And she says, are you still in there? And she starts, reaches over and starts touching his face. And then she puts her hand around his throat uh, and begins to squeeze. And you hear his breathing change. He's struggling for breath. Now, he is not fully catatonic, right? He's a, he's a little present. His eyes can move. He reacts to things, just not in a very big way at all. Uh I also noticed her mom speaks a lot of German to her in this movie. She mm-hmm. does not respond in German. She responds no. in English. She's probably, I don't know, there's this kind of almost feeling like she's ashamed of her, you know. Totally. Especially with, with the war going on. Her mom yeah. keeps saying, you know, I don't want to, she's trying to read the news to her mom and she, her mom tells her, I don't want to hear anything about more dead Germans because they are a German immigrant family. This must be difficult for her mother dealing with the husband and then dealing with Pearl because, you know, Pearl obviously can't be easy to, you know, I mean, she's sweet and all, but she's, she's, uh, there's a lot going on with her. A lot going on. Well, and her mom, I mean, tells her that a little bit later. Uh, uh, her mother calls her out on money being missing from, uh, the errand. It's dinner time, right? And... Pearl uh, lies and says, I might have picked up some hard candy for the ride home. And her mom takes away her dinner and she says, you don't deserve to eat this dinner that I prepared alone. You've already eaten. So she takes it away from her uh, and says that she can have what's left in the morning. So Pearl is unhappy and uh, screams, I hate you and runs upstairs. Next bit of plot. Pearl's affluent sister-in-law, Mitzi, tells her of an audition being held to acquire new dancers for a traveling troupe, which Pearl envisions as a way out of her circumstance. She later sneaks out of the house at night and visits the projectionist who shows her a free ride, an illicit stag film he acquired in Europe. He encourages Pearl to pursue her dreams. Pearl comments that she cannot abandon her family and that she wishes they would just die. So this is the next day. Pearl's in the barn doing work, and her sister-in-law and her sister-in-law's mom, which I guess is her mother-in-law, right, pull up in their car, and Mitzi is this blonde-haired, blue-eyed kind of Barbie doll, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Like a a mix between Shirley Temple and a Barbie doll. Yeah. (laughs) And she's really sweet. Mm-hmm. She's really sweet with Pearl. Uh, yeah. They have this really nice scene together. Uh, and, and she tells Pearl about this audition. It's happening in town at church, uh, pulling dancers. She says something like, uh, they're auditioning dancers from every county to bring a holiday amongst the people in the holiday season. or something. She's just real sweet about it. And Pearl is instantly like, oh, this is my ticket out of here. Now, Mitzi's mom has brought Ruth... Pearl's mom, mm. uh, a roasted pig in a pot, a whole whole pig, right? Head and everything. And Pearl's mom says, we do not accept charity. That's my terrible German accent. <laughs> and, uh, and, and you know, the woman says, for Christ's sake, it's just a pig. And she sets it down on the porch. Remember that. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah. Pearl sneaks out that night and she rides her bike into town and she visits the projectionist. Uh, she really relates to him. She asks him, do you live up here? Because he's got kind of a cot. And he describes himself as a bohemian. 
which is a word that Howard uses when he's talking to Kid Cudi in X. Mm-hmm. He uses the word bohemian then, and he says it with disdain, which yeah. is interesting given Pearl's relationship with this projectionist, and I have to wonder how much Howard knows, right? Yeah. She uh, is shown... He puts on a movie... He says, what movie do you want to watch, right? You can watch anything. And she says she wants to watch The uh, Follies again, The Palace Follies. And he says, you've already seen that. And so he puts a movie on of his choosing. And it turns out to be a silent film, black and white porn. Dirty, dirty. He tells her uh, it's a like it's called a free ride, and it's uh, it's a, <laughs> he calls it a stag film that he got in Europe. So there's a in, a, in here in New York there's a mu- it's called the Museum of Sex, and it's a really cool. I museum. wanted to go there. Oh, I it's so cool. Time, I was sick last time I was there, and we were gonna go, but I just was like, I want to sleep, and so uh, I will go at some point. It's worth checking out, and the, yeah. you know they've got the stuff that's always there, and then they've also got like. Uh, ins- uh, a couple levels of installations so there's always something different to see but this film is playing on a loop in one of the rooms there Oh, nice! which is pretty interesting a little bit of history of this film so it, was co- it showed up in the 70s and it's commonly accepted that it was made in 1915 which oh would gosh. work for this timeline but right. uh, film historians are now believing that it, it was actually filmed in 1920 instead which would not work for this film's timeline oh. regardless she asks is yeah. it legal and he said it's legal to do it it's not legal to film it and then he goes mm. off on talking about how basically the porn industry without using the word porn uh, is going to revolutionize filmmaking basically gives the same speech that Wayne gives in X mm-hmm. talking about the you know the importance of porn how marketable it is how much people like it and she's turned on by it. Yeah. You know? like. Although, I do have to say, there's no such thing as a free ride. No. <laughs> no, there's not. There's always a price to pay. Mm. Some of us have to keep paying it over. What is it? Cash, ass, or grass? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody rides for free. Hell no. Well, and it's this dude and the two women. It's just like, it's. I feel that's always been the perpetuated fantasy totally the projectionist tells her you got to make the most of this life while you're young you don't get another chance and that's basically the theme of x right uh so we're we're planting that seed in pearl's brain pretty early when she gets home she sneaks back in she crawls into bed and she hears her mom sobbing in the next room and i I love this moment so much because it's very easy to think that Ruth is hateful and harsh and cruel and mean, but like her life is fucking hard. She has to run a farm by herself. Her daughter's head is in her clouds and her husband can't take care of himself. You know, it's, and she, um, and she's got nobody. Like she's got know, nobody. She doesn't have any friends? You know. She's I mean, afraid least... of this pandemic, so she's not having people over. You know, she's not going to church and seeing people. She's isolated. Yeah. She, she should a... have taken a cue from Pearl and made friends with the barn animals or the scarecrow. <laughs> oh, oh God, that's my man. <laughs> uh, it's it's a very sad scene. So, uh, the the next day. 
Pearl wheels her daddy out to the dock. And mm. she calls for Theta, the alligator. And it's almost like a mercy killing. She says goodbye to her dad, right? She's convinced that she's going to run off with this projectionist and go to Europe. And they're going to start a life together and be bohemians. And she <laughs> fully believes that. So she wants to set her dad free. She really doesn't think that that's any way to live. Yep. And uh, you see the gator coming. And then from behind... Ruth says, what are you doing? Because she, I think she knows what Pearl's about to do. Right. Especially after, you know, just how she's been acting. It was a rapid decline. Uh, she has a, a back and forth with her mom. And, you know, she says, when, when do I get what I want? And her mom tells her, and this is kind of the point of the movie, it's not about getting what you want. I didn't get what I want. It's about accepting and doing the best with what you have. And while for some people that might be inspirational coming from Ruth, it's not. It's about settling and it's about embracing this is my life and I don't have any other options, right? And again, it's real sad and now we understand why she cries alone at night. And I think Pearl's just afraid of winding up like her mother. Yeah. So moving forward with the plot, uh, I'll read a little bit more. When Ruth finds a program Pearl took from the movie theater, the two get into a fierce argument over dinner. A physical altercation erupts, during which Pearl shoves her mother against the kitchen hearth, igniting her dress and resulting in Ruth suffering life-threatening burns. Pearl drags Ruth into the cellar and leaves her father seated in the kitchen. She flees to the movie theater where she has sex with the projectionist. This scene is nuts. Everyone's Mm -hmm. talking about Mia Goth's performance. People need to talk about uh, the woman who plays Ruth's performance. Oh, yeah. Tandy Wright. Very intense. Oh, my God. God, just uh, kind of right up there within Hereditary when Tony Collette says, I, 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 I don't want to be your mother yeah. to her son. Uh, she, They're eating in silence, and Ruth puts that program from the movie on the table and is like, I know what you did. And she tells her, you have to go quarantine outside in like the shed because I don't Mm -hmm. want you bringing more sickness and disease in this house. And and Pearl says, no, it's cold out there. And from there they escalate. And there's a storm outside and there's thunder and lightning. And it's done so well with with lightning uh, crashes and thunder and they escalate and they build and Ruth just spills it. And that's when she confesses, you know, I, I, what does she say? I wanted to be his wife, not his mother. I have to take yep. care of this man, and you don't fucking help me. And, you know, yep. she's like, you have your head in your clouds. And then she says, um, she tells her, you know, if you try to go out there and be in movies and make your dreams come true, you're going to fail. And when you fail, don't you come back here. And, like, mm. Pearl can't take hearing that, right? Yeah. The um, the lighting is incredible. The the pacing at which the editing moves, the music is nuts. Yeah. And it says that if she cursed her. <laughs> Honestly, it has that feel a little bit yeah. of like placing a curse, for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, I could totally go with that. I hadn't even thought of it. I love it. Yeah. Uh, they Pearl Pearl uh, smarts off. And Ruth walks over to her and slaps her. Mm -hmm. And then Pearl slaps Ruth right back. 
and Ruth attacks Pearl and calls her a harlot and throws her against the wall and Pearl in self-defense backs her mom up against the fireplace and her dress catches fire and she goes up real fast and father is just sitting at the table unable to move watching all of this I just can't even imagine that for him he just can't do anything just motionless like he's probably screaming inside yeah yeah Uh, Pearl grabs the pot of boiling stew that her mom has made and dumps it on her to put the fire out. But of course, this is just Mm -hmm. adding to her burns. She (laughs) takes her mother, drags her, and then just throws her down the steps of the cellar. Now, this is, of course, the same cellar in X where um, little church mouse gets locked up and there's Mm -hmm. a decaying corpse tied up to the ceiling. Yep. See, I had a moment, too, in X where I kept thinking that Mom was still in the basement, but then I remembered, I'm like, no, no, no. And, you know, it's like, you go back and you watch things and you remember, I'm like, okay. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, because, yeah, she'd have to be in pretty horrible condition 60 years later. Like a skeleton. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd scream, too. (laughs) Yeah. She leaves her dad at the table, and in the rain, (laughs) she leaves the house and goes to the movie theater and uh, knocks on that side door and he opens it and she plants a big old kiss on him and then you get that kind of closing um, I don't know what it's called it's like a fade to black where it's it starts out as a circle and it gets smaller and smaller and smaller oh, like, like yeah. a spotlight uh, on them very old school Hollywood and yeah. that's the end of the scene uh, we will move forward with the plot that In the more- kind of like when oh, sorry. no 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 go for it I was just going to say, that was kind of like when shit got real, because, you know, that was, like, reality way set in after that. Like, she, you know, was thinking she's going to see him, they're going to be together, and it's going to be great, and she's going to get away, and then... Yeah, she thinks she can just leave everything behind. The, the Her mom, you know, who her mom's not dead, she's suffering in the in the basement her father at the table she wants to get out and she really thinks she's going to run to this projectionist and he's going to take her away read the next bit of the plot in the morning the projectionist drives pearl back to the farm so she can prepare for the audition he's perturbed by a now maggot infested roasted pig mitzi's mother (laughs) left for ruth the day prior and by inconsistencies pearl has told him as well as by her extremely theatrical behavior. I've had a lot of guys leave me for these very same reasons. (laughs) When he attempts to leave, Pearl flies into a fit of rage at his abandonment of her and stabs him to death with a pitchfork before pushing his car with his corpse in it into Uh. a pond where an alligator eats Mm -hmm. his remains. Pearl dresses herself in one of Ruth's lavish gowns and dresses up her father before smothering him to death so they're riding in the projectionist's car oh well wait she introduces the projectionist to the his her father yeah we're gonna go back and talk about okay okay sorry don't don't be okay so we'll go back and talk about that bit uh they're riding back past the cornfield back to the farm uh and they pass by a soldier walking the same road toward the farm and uh, he asks her is that someone you know and she says oh it's hard to tell uh, but she looks a little worried, like, oh my god, is that my husband? Finally home from the war. Here's reality. Here's reality. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, they get back to the house and get out of the car, and he is, uh, he's wearing that 
top hat. I think she must have taken it to the theater with her the night before. Uh, he's wearing that top hat. He looks fucking great in it in this weird way. Yeah. Uh, but he does. She's like, all the men I fuck wear top hats. That's true. This oh, is shit. my lucky top hat. I, that's abs- I hadn't even put that together. Uh, he does make <laughs> a face at the pig that's now got maggots all over it. So Ruth, well, Ruth well, never brought the pig in. She refuses charity. She won't let anything into her home. Uh, and so I would have at least rotten. fed it to the other animals or something, so it didn't go to waste. I don't know. That's true. Um, I, I don't. Or the know. alligator. Or the alli- Well, I don't know if Ruth knows about the alligator. Um, oh yeah. She probably knows there's an alligator living on her property, right? Yeah. I would think. Yeah. <laughs> Surprise. Uh, they go inside, and Pearl introduces him to her father. Now he looks a mess, right? She has taken yeah. him from the kitchen to the sitting room or the drawing room, whatever, yeah. uh, the front room and She's introduced... trying to make it look presentable. For yeah, him. yeah, yeah. There's kind of like food all over, you know, the kitchen floor. It's all a mess. Uh, and he's, the projectionist is instantly uncomfortable, right? Meeting her dad and her dad can't speak and he looks, you know, awful because he's been sitting in that chair all fucking night at the kitchen table this poor man but she's acting like they're newlyweds she's got her arm around him he makes a face like what have I got myself into it's a very good like half a second moment Uh, real fucked up she then says should we go upstairs so they go upstairs and she tries to initiate making out on her bed and, and he's like this is weird you're your dad's downstairs and then they hear a thud and she says it's nothing and he says no we should really go check it out and she keeps trying to kiss him didn't she say it's a dog well she will yeah because uh they um he said he insists no this is weird we have to go check it could be your father in trouble uh, they go downstairs. She runs to the door to the cellar to see if maybe her mom has like gotten out. She hasn't, but it's clearly her mom making this noise. Now there's food all over the kitchen floor. Projectionist walks in and she says, yeah, you know, it, it was the dog. He made a mess, so I put him in the cellar right before you came, you know, right before you came into the house, uh, explaining the noise and the food on the floor. She tells him she wants to show him something and takes him out to the barn. And she gets weird. Now, it's a little tragic because I think Pearl has never gotten to share her dreams with someone. Her dreams kind of... This might sound weird. Her dreams kind of live in this barn. It's her theater, right? The cows, the the sheep, every, the that's her audience. She performs for them. And this is her kind of vulnerable space. Yeah. And she opens it up to him, and she starts just getting too excited. And he is very turned off by it, you know? Yeah, he can tell that it just seems something's off. Yeah. Way off. Yeah. And, uh, you know, she says, he, he says, he literally looks at his watch and says, oh, look at the time, I better get back. And she can tell that there's been a change. And she calls him on it, and she says, why... Why did you change? What what did I do? And she's she's mad. Like she's mad and scared at the same time. And uh, he says, "Honestly, this is just all too much and you're making me uncomfortable." And she gets very upset. She starts screaming at him. He goes to his car. He gets in it and turns it on. 
and then she has come up behind him and she's got her pitchfork and she digs it into his chest. Uh, at this point, the car starts moving and he is bleeding out the mouth, out the chest, uh, lots and lots of blood. And she follows the car. It kind of comes to a stop and she pulls his body out of the car and he's trying to say no, no, no. And she digs it down further into his chest and then takes her foot and like you would dig with a shovel and like finishes him off. And that's the end of him. She does love her pitchfork. She loves her pitchfork. Uh, she somehow, it doesn't show, manages to get his body back into the car <laughs> and uh, drives it down into the pond and we see the gator coming for it. Yep. We also see... He's got, he's got some good eating. Yeah. Uh, she takes a, a bright red dress out of her mother's closet and puts it on and uh, goes to her father and she says, you know... I'm leaving and this is no way for you to live and I feel very sorry for you. And she takes a pillowcase off of a pillow and uses it to smother her father to death. Mm. It doesn't show this kill, um, which yeah. I think is interesting. I think it's more effective not showing it because oh, yeah. for Pearl, it's a mercy killing. Like she thinks that at this point, she thinks that she's helping her father. Right. Right. Uh, we hear We hear him struggle, but he can't struggle much because, you know, He's yeah. infirm. Uh, so now uh, we see... Well, I'll just read a little bit more of the plot, and then we'll come back and talk about it. Okay. Pearl arrives at the church where the audition is being held. She gives a dance performance she feels will win over the talent scouts, but is profoundly distraught when she is rejected for not being young, blonde, or all-American. Mitzi accompanies her home in an attempt to console her. Let's talk about this a little bit, right? A bunch of young girls are lined up outside the church to go in for this dance audition. Mitzi's real nervous. Mitzi's yeah. there, her sister-in-law. Mitzi's freaking out, you know, kind of um, talking too much. And Pearl just has this determined look on her face. And, you know, Pearl says, it, it has to be me. Mm -hmm. Mitzi says, I don't think I, th I don't think you meant to say that out loud. Like, she's so sweet about it. Yeah. And Mitzi says, all right, well, you know, if it's not me, then I hope it's you. And Pearl says, it has to be me. Yeah. Uh, and she's very focused and determined. Mm -hmm. uh, she's, she's very cold with her. And very, like, yeah, very... she's cold. And then suddenly but... Mitzi brings up, you've been such a good friend to me. And Pearl changes. And she smiles, and she opens up, and she says, really? And I feel like Pearl, it means something to her, yeah. you know? And she, she says, she smiles, and she says, well, us sister-in-laws have to stick together. Uh, I, I mean, Pearl, much like her mother, doesn't really have friends, you know? Ruth's husband is sick at home and has to be taken care of. Pearl's husband is off at a war. Uh, they get yeah. married, and shortly after, he's off to a war. Uh, so I think for like a split second, it kind of takes her out of herself. Mitzi yeah. uh, says, I'm, I'm too nervous. Before they open the door again, switch places with me. You go before me. Uh, so when it's her turn, it's um, she walks into the church. It's very, very dark in there. Super, super dark. Uh, there's an X on the floor 
<laughs> which is uh, her mark, right? She goes to stand on, t- on top of the X, and it's uncomfortable. No one really says anything. The piano player starts playing music. And then, Nick, do you want to describe the dance sequence? Like a fever dream? <laughs> Yeah, it's it's like a big old fever dream. It just turns into like an RKO. I don't know if RKO is the right one, but it's a think movie it is. musical like um because it's it's and it's I have to wonder if what's happening this dance sequence is just in her head like cuz it's like you know obviously the people behind her, you know that was, but like uh, I we're watch it's almost like we're getting a glimpse inside Pearl's head. Yeah. Like, she, she feels like she's the greatest talent that's ever, you know, been, and she's giving her all, and she's just going to make it, and it's just amazing. But, you know, then it's like, like with one of the other scenes, quickly the color fades, you know, because it's like, I don't know how many of these women were behind her, her backup dancers, and, you know, there's this, the, the war sequence... Yeah, because it starts out with really bad choreography, and she's she's just not good, you know? Yeah. She's yeah. not. And then kind of a black curtain behind her swings open, and we have this battle battleground set behind her with um, trenches and barbed wire, and you, you described it perfectly, RKO musical, right? Almost like a matte painting background, right? Yeah. Like would be in a movie like that. And there are red, white, and blue fireworks going on and explosions, and she does have background dancers. Now what I notice is that when the background dancers appear, they're the ones who do the dancing, and she just kind of prances around them. Yeah. Um, much like Mariah Carey would do at a show, <laughs> just kind of stand there and look pretty while everybody else does all the work and has to carry her around the stage. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Pearl doesn't do nothing, but, uh, you know, the, the heavy lifting of this routine is definitely done by right. the backup dancers. Right. Uh, but Pearl smiles so brightly. <laughs> you know, it's like she really... This movie does a great job of... of I mean, I don't know. They call it the Joker for girls, making you want her to succeed. Mm -hmm. But it's tragic because you know she won't. Well, and it's just so sad because it's just the delusion, and uh, uh, and it's it's real. I mean, it's it's a lot of people go through that. Yeah, and it's just that you know that do or die and it has to be and she's got to get this and it's going to be her ticket out and she's going to be a star well yeah and delusion is right because she thinks that this first audition of her entire life is going to make her a star yeah and let me tell you as someone who has pounded the pavements of new york city audition to audition that is not how it works yeah (laughs) but it's It's tragic because she doesn't know any better yeah well and then it's almost like a commentary on people who get into the business and expect it to be easy and then you have to have a very thick skin yes to um to be in that it's like i i asked one of the people in one of my productions i was talking about i said well you know what is hollywood is it kind of like high school and they said yeah it's like this big popularity contest and i mean like not just hollywood but the industry and it's you're constantly craving that it you know acceptance and that love and that adoration and the applause and if it's sad if you're 
someone like her where she's not talented but she fully believes she is it's like those people that go on uh, american idol and do the auditions yeah and oh yeah that's the perfect comparison yeah yeah it's like that they think that this is their ticket and yeah. you know it's just not going to be it's not meant to be and it's tragic yeah and you feel really fucking bad for them but it's like that's when it's that's the only thing keeping you going and it's never gonna happen it's just yeah. like that's just it's sad yeah you're absolutely right and uh, as the music starts to fade the black curtain behind her closes so that whole set with the battleground is now gone and she spins around in a circle with her arms in the air almost like Maria <laughs> in the sound of music and she's just <laughs> beaming Teda is exactly right that's it that's it and then it cuts to the adjudicators in the room, in the church, and it's dead silence. No one claps. And the man in the middle says, it's thank you, but it's going to be a no. Yeah. And then we see Ruth, covered in mm. burns, sitting mm. with the adjudicators, smiling, like I fucking told so you. Good. Oh my God. She's like, they're smiling at her like, I fucking told you you would never be able to make it, you know. Right. Uh, and Pearl has a breakdown, and it's because her, her father was in the audience too, right? Like he could actually I think like so. move. Yeah, right. I, I, that's what. All right. I couldn't tell if it was her father or if it yeah. is. Because um, I think they they gave like in her in her fever dream they gave her standing ovation, but then of course then the reality came in. The mother's like you know. Yep. Yeah. 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 Driving that point home that you're you're shit and it's not ever gonna happen. And when they tell her no, it, it's almost as though Pearl had not even, for a split second, considered that to be an option. Yeah. You know? And it it's like she doesn't... Like, they're speaking another language, and, like, she doesn't understand it. And then yeah. it starts to sink in, and she begins to cry, and, like, then she begins to scream. And she's screaming, I have to be number one, and they have to carry her out of the room. Like, they have to grab her by the arms and pull her out of the room. And, uh... Man, the, the amount of times I've been pulled out of an audition room for screaming yeah. and crying and saying I have to be number one. <laughs> um, yeah, I did that once. Well, I did Hedwig a long time ago, and that's like, when you get your first audition, you really should not actually get the part, because that's not how it works. Yeah. But, like, I got it the first try out, and I was like, that's not how it happens, though. But I went in there, and I told him, I said, you know, I showed him my Hedwig tattoo, and I said, you know, if you don't give this part to me, I'll cut you. <laughs> and I, I mean, I was, I was being funny, but I was like, you know, Madonna had a Vita, and, you know, I have Hedwig, I need this part. Yeah. But then they gave it to me, and I'm like, oh, my God, it worked. But, like, normally that, does, that shit doesn't happen. That would not work. I have a Hedwig tattoo <laughs> as well between my shoulder blades. Oh, is it the faces? It's the faces from the film, yeah. Yeah, I have it on my I mean you can't see it probably but it's on my wrist I can see it our listeners cannot see it uh, that's so Just, cool tattoo twins yeah I love it I love it I do too um, what a roll good for you oh, uh, what a yeah, dream that, roll that was a lot though the problem was is like it's a char- the, the role and the character is just so emotional and it's so much to play that I went through like a mini nervous breakdown when it was done yeah because it's just so much to and like like I can't understand how how Mia Goth is still you know with these two back to back. Yeah, <laughs> she did two very dark films back to back, and she played three roles in total. I mean, technically two, but yeah. in reality, three roles in total, right? Right. Young right. Pearl, Old Pearl, Maxine. 
Uh, we cut to Pearl sobbing outside, alone at the side of the church. And then Mitzi comes around the corner slowly and cautiously and comes to sit next to her and says, why don't we go home? I'll take you home. Uh, and now I'll read a little bit more of the plot. Mitzi accompanies her home in an attempt to console her. In the kitchen, Pearl makes a lengthy confession to Mitzi about her resentment toward Howard, who came from a privileged background but insisted that the couple remain on her family's farm and admits she was relieved when she miscarried his child. She further confesses her feelings of alienation and insecurity, her joy in acts of harm and to taking the lives of her parents and the projectionist. Pearl then manipulates a stunned Mitzi into confessing that she won the audition over Pearl. Jealous that Mitzi won the audition, Pearl chases her down the driveway and kills her with an axe. This scene! Yeah. <laughs> I know. That's what I was like waiting for, because it's like I want to get into it, but I'm like, I was just patiently waiting for this. Us to discuss oh, man. Well, go ahead. Tell us about it. She needs a fucking Oscar nomination at least yes. for this scene. Yes. And you, yes. you you clocked it, right? The time, it was like, what, 7, 40, seven minutes, 45 seconds, something so like that? I, I, the first time in the movie theater, I, I, I knew that it was going on for a long time. It's a single shot, one take <sighs> monologue. But I couldn't tell. I I almost feel like I stopped breathing a couple of times. God, I sound so gay. Oh yeah. I just put my no, hand. Totally. I just put my hand over my heart. This is so gay. Because uh, it just went on for so long, and you're like, oh my god, and it's just like it's but just she's got the not snot bubbles and the tears. She's and, not rambling, and she's not overacting. Yeah. It's so yeah. real. Yeah. Oh my god. So I timed it this time, knowing that it was coming, and I wanted it to be from the moment that it's a full cut. Right. 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 Because when she starts talking, it's a little bit back and forth between her and Mitzi, the camera cuts. So yeah. I kept kind of reset, reset, reset. So when I finally got it, uh, the full cut, uh, one take is seven minutes and 54 seconds of her talking. Mm -hmm. Now, this is prompted because Mitzi uh, wants to console her. And Pearl says, you know, if Howard ever comes home, I don't even know what I would say to him, you know? Yeah. And Mitzi says, well, why don't you practice on me? Let's pretend that I'm Howard. <sighs> Big mistake, Mitzi. <laughs> Big mistake. Pearl <laughs> lets it all loose, and she says uncomfortable things. She admits to having um, relations with a man who isn't Howard. She admits to killing her parents, and that she admits that she regrets it. It, it just... The thing is, is with her, is, is like, she, she's, I don't know if I'd call it remorse, yes and no, but it's all because I think all these things are standing in her way, um, I don't know, like, it's like she kind of feels bad, but it's, it's, it's all like a greater purpose that she's doing these things, you know, well, it's murders her, and, it's her taking her mom's advice, which is, you have to accept what you're given, right? Yeah. It really yeah. reminds me of Dorothy's uh, monologue at the end of Wizard of Oz where she uh, kind of 
tells us the lesson that she's learned, right? But it wasn't a dream. It was a place. And you and you and you were there. But you couldn't have been, could you? And it goes on and on. Uh, and... Uh, you know, she talks about uh, if I ever go looking for my heart's desire, I won't look any further than my own backyard because if it isn't there, I never needed it to begin with. You know, and she says, "I'll never, I'm never going to leave here ever, ever again." Yeah. Uh, and you know, this is my home and this is my room, and you're all here, and yeah. uh, it's kind of Pearl's version of that, except it's uh, about miscarriages <laughs> and murder and, and I'm adultery. Stuck and this is my life, and yeah, but like. She starts, she starts this monologue hopeless, and then by the end of it, I mean she's she's really embraced what she has ahead of her. She's kind of decided when Howard gets back, if Howard comes back, she's gonna like make a home for him, you know. She's gonna fix the things that she's she thinks she can fix this, mm-hmm. and it's very obvious that she can't, you know. Uh, yeah. It's just, it's so heartbreaking, but it's so, the acting is fucking amazing. Yeah. Like, I will be angry if they don't nominate her for Best Actress. They probably won't, because it's for her, but I don't Or, I don't, I mean, so many people were upset that Toni Collette wasn't nominated for Hereditary. Maybe the Academy, you know what, no, I'm going to, I'm going to lower, I'm going to ask you to lower your expectations, I think. (laughs) I think she's not going to get a nomination. Probably not. If anything, perhaps a Golden Globe nomination. Yeah. I could see that before an Oscar, and it's too bad because she deserves every inch of a, you know, every inch of, yeah. a, of a statuette. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else we need to point out about this little, this long length? From, so seven minutes and 54 seconds of a single take, but including the dialogue before that single take, it's like a 10-minute speech yeah. that she makes. Well, what I also noticed is when I saw this in the theater, um, it reminded me of the scene in X when Pearl and Maxine are at the table drinking the lemonade. Good call. Like, I feel like there are a lot of, like, you watch both movies and there's a lot of scenes that are, you know, yeah. like the beginning with the barn and then this. Well, it's, it's the just, same table, right? I mean, it's got to yeah. be the same table. Yeah. So it just, it's, it kind of makes you remember that scene and then it's just, it's such a hard, hard scene to watch. Yeah. Because yeah. you feel sorry for her in a way, but then you're like, well, she's just nuts. Yeah. <laughs> She reaches the end of this speech, and Mitzi looks real uncomfortable. She, this actress, handles it <sighs> flawlessly, and she, she's afraid, but she doesn't want to let Pearl know that she's afraid. Yeah. Right, and she just says, "Well, I think it's about time I start heading home." And she like gently stands up. She's kind of like clasping her hands very sweetly. And she's walking toward the door, and then Pearl says, I know you got it. Mm. And Mitzi says, what do you mean? And Mitzi's like, I I don't know what you mean. And Pearl says, it's okay. If it's not me, it's you, right? Us sister-in-laws have to stick together, and Mitzi still denies it. And Pearl says, no, I'm going to be mad if you keep lying. Like, it's okay. I know that you got it. And Mitzi smiles. And she says, yeah, I did. And, you know, I hope you can come see the show. 
and I, she's just saying whatever she wants her to hear and yeah, get out of there. Yeah, because Pearl tells her, you know, you you always get what you want, don't you? Pearl starts shifting Ugh. quickly. I, 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 Mia's so smart with her performance. I do think there's a split second where Pearl really means it. It's yeah. okay. You can tell me, right? You are blonde. You are younger. You know, you're more all-American. You're what they're looking for. The guy, the adjudicator in the church said, we're looking for someone with that X factor. <laughs> Much like they talk about an X a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, they saw it in Mitzi. Yeah. Um, Mitzi starts to leave and Pearl stands. And Mitzi starts walking down the path, down the hill. Oh my God, before they even walk into the house, I forgot this. Mitzi looks down at the porch oh. and goes... Is that our pig? <laughs> and it's just more and more rotten every time you see it. Uh, obviously symbolic of Pearl's descent into madness. Nope, you know what? I said it in our X episode. This movie's not about descending into madness. This movie's about settling into madness. It's about mm-hmm. accepting what you have, yeah. right? Um, Mitzi's kind of looking over her shoulder. Pearl comes out the door, opens the screen, and walks out and walks toward that axe that her mom was using earlier. Mm. And it's it's such Thanks, a mom. Oh my god. <laughs> Chekhov's axe. <laughs> it yeah. is yeah. such a sad uh, we just know <sighs> Mitzi's fate is sealed and she starts running down the hill and Pearl is and just of course walking. she trips. I know. Well, Pearl starts was... out just walking and then when Mitzi <laughs> trips and falls and stands back up, she can't really run anymore. It's like she's kind of twisted her ankle or something. Yeah. It's a little um, melodramatic. I mean, on purpose, I think. Yeah. It fits the tone of the film. Uh, and at that point, Pearl is running at her with the axe and it, it um, she gets her in the back and Mitzi keeps running and she's screaming no please and she gets her again in the back and then Mitzi falls down again and Pearl's standing over her with the axe and Mitzi's holding her hands up please I'll do anything please let me go please I won't tell anybody and Pearl raises the axe over her head and it reminds me of have you ever seen the Joan Crawford movie Straight Jacket? Yes. yes it yes. reminds me of Straight Jacket with the axe mm-hmm. murder scene. It very much looks like it and she just brings that axe yeah. down on Mitzi. And she was literally a backstabber, like literally. Oh my god, good point. Yeah. 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 Poor that, Mitzi. The end of poor Mitzi. After she kills the projectionist, she goes, <laughs> she opens the cellar door and her mom is crawled to the top of the stairs and she says, I want you to remember how this feels. And then she throws her back down the stairs. And I think that's when her mom is killed. After Mitzi is dead, she goes down into the cellar and she cuddles with her mom's dead body. That was, that was a powerful scene. Well, because her mom starts singing a lullaby to her in German. Mm-hmm. And while this is happening, we see a montage of everyone loves the movie montage. It's true. There's always time for a montage. Yes. Yes. Are we quoting the same movie? Are we quoting um, the sweetest thing? I yes. love that movie so much. Yes. I mean, you must have seen the unrated version, right? Oh yeah. It's You're the only version to fit in here. Yeah. Big, yeah. Uh huh. That movie. I just. That, I could watch that every day. And never sick of it. Never. So sick. I might watch it tonight. I need a laugh. Freaky. I, oh, so good. It's so look, good. Look, it's Jesus. It's Jesus, look, it's Jesus. Turn around, it's Jesus. Oh, so good. Um, 
And I was so proud. You, did you see pictures of Christina Applegate at the Walk of Walk Fame? Of when fame. She got her star. She's got her star on the Walk of Fame. It was her first appearance after getting the MS diagnosis. Yeah, yeah. I love her. Ugh, God, I, I love her I so much. Adore her so mm-hmm. much, and uh, her brother from um, Married with Children was there, and, and Katie Seagal. Yeah, Ooh, yeah. Katie Seagal's in a new horror movie from Blumhouse. That do not watch it. It's called Torn Hearts. It's on Prime. Oh damn it! I have it saved. I was gonna watch it. Uh, honestly, Katie okay. gives a good performance, but it, it cannot save this movie. Oh. Cannot save it. All right, but so let's get back okay. into Pearl because this moment's really <laughs> dramatic. I know. I know. Uh, so her mom is singing a German lullaby. She's holding her, you know, holding her mom in her arms, and uh, her her mom like her body moves like her. It's, she's imagining her mom come back to life, and we see a montage. It's kind of a split screen where the left side is mirroring the right side at times, and so she's taking the axe and chopping Mitzi to pieces, and she is setting the dinner table and then it cuts back to Mitzi being cut up and then it cuts to her uh, feeding the animals in the barn and then we see her throwing Mitzi's body parts into the pond at the alligator she's you know doing away with the evidence Uh, setting this dinner table puts the rotten pig at the center of the table uh, we see her close the door to the barn. It's a, it's not like the centerpiece of this scene, but it is her closing the door to her dreams, right? Mm-hmm. If that's her theater, if that's where she does all of her dreaming and dancing, she's closing the doors to it. She's uh, letting that butterfly of a dream on a shelf go. There, I quoted American Horror Story for you. Um, Aww. Spread your wings and prepare to fly. So. Or die. The pig is at the center of the table. Her mother tells her in German, I love you. And this is mm. this is when Pearl responds in German and says, mm. I love you back in German. So the whole movie, she's only talked to her mom in English, right? Mm. Only responded. Even when her mom speaks German to her, her response is English. She yeah. finally says something in German back to her, and it's, I love you. Ugh. We cut to, well, let's look at the plot. Having reached the conclusion that her mother was correct and that Pearl should make the best of what she has, she decides to remediate her wrongdoings by creating a comfortable home for Howard when he returns from the war. The next morning, Howard arrives unexpectedly. In the kitchen, he is horrified to find the bodies of Pearl's parents seated at the dining table around the rotting pig. Pearl greets him with a protracted, pained smile which (laughs) she holds for most of the credits while she begins to cry the end so so long so long that smile was uh uncomfortable i mean it was meant to it's like everybody talks about that smile movie i'm like well you got it with pearl i haven't seen it yet i haven't either um i'll wait for streaming so it um the just the plot synopsis says it was the next morning, but it shows the food all rotten. I I tend to think more time has passed. Yeah, because uh, there's a lot of fungus and and mold growing on the food that's on the table. I just think that she's been keeping house with her dead parents at the table and all of this rotting food. Because the pig is now the center point of the table. You know, mm-hmm. the ki- the kitchen has been where most of the in home action has been, yeah. uh, and now this rotten pig is in the center of that space. 
and then, yeah, we see Howard, her husband, in his soldier uniform, busting the door, smiling, calling out for Pearl. Turns the corner, sees her parents at the table, and makes a face. And then he turns a corner, and Pearl is standing there. It's so interesting that you brought up the lemonade earlier, because she's holding a pitcher of lemonade. Mm-hmm. And she says, Howard... I'm so happy to see you and (laughs) smiles. Now, Ty West told her, I'm not going to cut. Let's just see what happens. And Uh if we, if, if it doesn't, if it doesn't work, we'll just have a freeze frame and it'll be a great ending to the movie. But he didn't cut. And her big creepy smile turns into tears streaming down her face to it's a minute and like 51 seconds I think of just every emotion a human can possibly go through in less than two minutes it's you know it's mm-hmm. and the credits are old timey like think of the Wizard of Oz credits where it's like actor's name dot 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 all the way across to and then the character that they play um, yeah. and it, it looks like that we get a the end title card as well uh, in big cursive letters we fade to black and that's the end of Pearl well, except for the, you know, the bonus little preview. Except that if you saw this movie in a movie theater <laughs> and you stayed behind at the credits, you saw another trailer, a surprise for a film called Maxine. And it's real cool. You hear that song, you are an obsession, you're my obsession, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's uh, kind of like a, an overhead view uh, coming around the Hollywood sign, but in place of the word Hollywood. It says Maxine with three X's. Mm-hmm, for extra fun. <laughs> uh, and I can't wait. That's the only tease that we have from it. I don't think that they've started filming it yet, but it has been officially greenlit. Uh, we are getting a third yeah. film. I believe it's 1985. And it's about Pearl. I'm sorry. It's about Maxine after the movie X becoming a star and what she's willing to do to get there. And so I'm, I'm, I'm a very big fucking star. Well, I'm very curious what the tone to that movie is going to be because these ones have been so different. And '70s yeah. slasher is different from '80s slasher, right? Uh, you know, I'm just curious. And is is Maxine still con- like pursuing porn, or is it Hollywood? Is she, you know, making it like yeah. as a studio yeah. actress? Well, and I have to wonder, too, if they do any sort of tie-in with uh, her religious, uh, with her family. With her family? Or if they just, I mean... If they, they go they go to Hollywood to go find her, and then, you know, she's in the porn industry. Not I don't know, bad. I mean, it's, yeah. it's all speculation now, but I'm very excited about it. Yeah, I am, too. I mean, any I, if moving forward, any anything Mia Goth does, I'm on board. Mm-hmm a thousand percent let me ask you this Howard comes home and discovers all of this and then the next time we see him he's an 80 something year old man in the movie X so Uh like him embracing Pearl's madness right she killed her parents she cheated on him she's got a a trained killer alligator (laughs) I have to wonder if maybe some PTSD from the war is how he's, oh, yeah. he wraps his head around this and continues to love her. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. It would be interesting to see his backstory, his origin story, but um, I don't know. Unless he just loves her that much, 
coupled with PTSD. And right. It's like, okay, yeah. you know, I'll just, I'll help you cover things up and you can, you know, I don't know. It's like, that's the only way to keep her, I guess, is just let her kill. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, Pearl. Yeah. <laughs> there she goes again. Listen, it's a hell of a movie. It, um... I watched it with my roommate the other night. He, you know, I showed him X a few weeks ago, and now Pearl, and he he preferred X. I think it just depends on the person. Um, I don't know. I just like it. I liked Pearl a lot because it explained a lot, but also I just feel like, especially once the next movie is out, that it's just going to be this. You know, I can't wait to watch them all together. Yeah. Oh, yeah. To have this experience. They're, I mean, they're not comparable films. They are complete opposites of one another. And yet, you know, they complement each other so well. We don't have mm-hmm. Pearl without X. Yep. Uh, do I love one more than the other? I just, they were my two favorite movies of the year. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say that I love them both equally and for very different reasons. Oh, yeah. I mean, I did love Pearl more, but... Um... I do definitely, like I said before, Pearl made me love X more yeah, after seeing it. I, I'm going to go ahead and say this too. X, while I'm not saying it's cliche or predictable or anything like that, it is a style of horror film that I've seen before. I love it. I love 70s exploitation horror. Do not get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I had never seen anything like Pearl before. Yeah. It's not a slasher. It's a horror film about a murderer, you know? Yeah. And it's not as quick-paced. There aren't as many kills. There's, You know, it's maybe not as bloody, but it's still a horror film. Yeah. Um, what was it you said again about not into falling into madness, but what was not to, it's not about It's not about descending into madness. It's embracing yeah. or accepting your madness. It's See, doing what, the best with what you have. And what that reminds me of is my mother growing up always used to say, you have to make the best with the available materials. Yeah. And She's not wrong. She's not wrong. And hers just happened to be an axe and a pitchfork and a... Alligator. Alligator, you know. And a red I mean, dress. I mean, she did. She's like, all right, cool. We're just These are the things I have to work with. Yeah. So I mean, she, she also... I mean, she does emulate different famous characters... You know, through the ages. I mean, she's, mm-hmm. we've got this baby Jane aspect to her. We've got yeah. this Dorothy Gale innocence to her. Mm-hmm. You know, th- there's a moment where she's riding her bicycle in that in that dress, and she yeah. is very Miss Gulch. Yeah. You know, very Miss Gulch from Wizard yeah. of Oz. Uh, interesting, unexpected callbacks to yeah. very impactful films. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, well. I think we know what time it is here on the yes. Rick or Treat Horror Cast. We have a rating system. A movie is either a trick, which means it was okay, or a treat, which means you loved it, or it is a smell my feet, which means it sucked. <laughs> Go for it. I mean, you know what I'm going to say. I mean, of course it was a treat. It was a big, giant fucking treat. Yeah. Um, I don't know. And, and I have to thank you, because it's like, through talking to you, I watched these movies... You know, because I, I take my friend's suggestions, and I, I probably, I mean, I, I may have watched them before, but it's just like you know, I just de- de- developed a love for, um, 
Mia Goth and and Ty West and just it's it's a new world that I was able to enter into. So totally, you know, I I think you would have discovered them. They they got a lot of they got acclaim over the summer, but I'm starting to see, and I'm going to flip my hair and I'm going to say I saw them in theaters right (laughs) when they opened. Uh, But I'm starting to see a lot of people online starting to discover them now, which I love, and they are raving about it. You know, yeah. it's they're so good. Definitely check out Ty West's other two. I've only seen two other of his films. The Innkeeper is creepy, creepy, creepy ghost story. Yeah. Uh, his first film, which is probably the more famous of, of the two, is House of the Devil. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's very 70s occult driven. Uh, it's it's very good. I think Dee Wallace Stone has like a, a cameo. Oh. Yeah, she's like she's got like a 30 second scene in it. Oh, well. But it, it's worth watching. Well, and your rating, sir, what do you... A treat. I feel like I have just talked for, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, an hour and 35 minutes about how much I love this movie, and yeah. it's that's all there is to it. I will watch this movie over and over and over again. I don't mm-hmm. see myself getting sick of it. Yeah. It's remarkable. I like making people watch these movies, too. My sister watched X so she could listen to the podcast, and her reaction was that it was gory and a lot of sex. And I said, well, I told you. <laughs> yeah, it's called X. Yeah. <laughs> I, I also warned her about listening to the podcast. I'm like, I do talk about getting fucked, so you might want to, you know, just remember that. You know, just, just, just skip over that. Don't judge me. Which you didn't talk about this time until you brought it up now. <laughs> oh, well, you know, I gotta. It's gonna, be my, it's gonna be my thing now. I love it. Well, because we're obviously gonna have you back. <laughs> Where can... Let our listeners know. Listener, the, the, the. <laughs> Let our listeners know where they can stalk you. They can stalk me on Instagram, and it's underscore pumpkin king thirteen underscore. Love that. And, and you can, I got rid. I got rid of my Twitter because fuck Twitter. So did I. I got rid of. Yeah, I never liked it to begin with. I didn't either, and I was like, and I did it right before the big. Then I was like, well, good timing. Good timing. You can stalk me, Ricky, your host, on Instagram at Rick, the letter R, treat. That's Rick or treat. And the podcast on Instagram at Rick or treat pod. And I've joined Letterboxd also. I know it's not new, but it's new to me. Uh, so if you want to pal me on Letterboxd and see me uh, rate and review movies, that is uh, Rick or treat. See, and I heard pound me on Letterbox, but you said pal. No, that's my scruff profile. <laughs> uh, uh, so it's a uh, trick and a treat. Just, uh, <laughs> depends on the day of the week. I want to uh-huh. remind I want to remind everybody to check out Scared Gay uh, yes. and uh, my appearance this week as we talk about Thanksgiving. I'm going to thank you again, Nick, for uh, for this discussion, and tune yeah. in next week when a guest host and I discuss the summer epic, uh, out of this world film, Jordan Peele's Nope. That'll be fun. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, make sure you go back and listen to the other episodes, too, and and follow, because it's the cool thing to do. I really appreciate that, Nick, and I really appreciate you listening and, uh, and enjoying. Uh, everybody, please subscribe, rate, and review. It's very helpful for the podcast. And I will see you all later, spookies. Bye.